Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. A little bit structured around that. Once you get your place in John chapter 15, Brother Kelly, if you wouldn't mind opening us up in a word of prayer, sir. Father, we come to you this morning. Ask your Lord to be with us as we worship together. Great for Christian. Lord, we just pray that you be with Brother Jimmy this morning as we preach the gospel. We pray now if there's anyone here that don't know your free heart of sin that they'll come to know you before they leave these doors. And we ask that you bless each person. We're thankful for the people that come out to worship with us. Amen, amen. My introduction is two-part. First, I want to address you as an American, and I know that many veterans in America are disappointed in what Memorial Day weekend or Memorial Day has turned into. It seemed to have lost its meaning. The connection of what the purpose of what it's about has been lost. People can celebrate all types of imaginary things in the United States and believe that bunnies actually lay eggs and they'll get excited about this once a year. They'll get excited about a big red, a big fat man in a, in a red outfit that's going to bring gifts. It's all imaginary. It's all make-believe. They aren't our heroes. Jesus Christ is real. He is our hero. But as an American... And as we get into Memorial Day tomorrow, the men and women who have died for our freedom as Americans to be able to freely worship like this and to be able to freely go on a street corner and have the freedom to say, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. We have that freedom because of real men and the real women, they're not make-believe who died so that we have the freedom we have in America. And it's been taken for granted. I understand the frustration that some veterans would have in what that has turned into. Why is it that some towns have gotten rid of the parades of real for real heroes? Yet, We'll celebrate a make-believe hero and ride him in in a big chariot in the middle of December. But we can't. But towns all across America are getting rid of parades for real American heroes. It's amazing. They're more excited about a three-day weekend. More excited about spending time on the beach. More excited about barbecues and hot dogs and hamburgers and partying besides the partying that some of these young folks get into, all those things I mentioned, there's nothing wrong with them. But our hearts do seem to get away from what the real meaning is. John chapter 15, John chapter 15 verse number 13, I want you to draw your attention to a passage of Scripture. This is Jesus speaking. And the Bible says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for His friends. Now, that's Jesus Christ. He laid down His life for you and I so that we can have eternal life and spend eternity with Him. 
I'm going to make the application. There's many men and women who have laid down their lives so we can enjoy the freedom that we have here in America. So I understand the frustration, especially that veterans have. All right, that was part A of the introduction. Part B of the introduction, I'd like to speak to you as a pastor, as a preacher, and as a Christian, because I'm equally frustrated. The churches that are supposed to gather together to worship the living Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, has turned a national holiday into the primary focus of a Sunday service. I am here to submit to you this morning that as the body of Christ, that is the church. This is just something that houses us. That's why we call it a church house. But as the body of Christ, we don't have a national religion. We have a Savior that can have a real relationship with anyone across the globe. That's the body of Christ. The church is not to serve as a memorial day to memorialize and remember the dead. It's to serve the living God. It's to serve the resurrected Christ. And we preach one thing, that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. And that's who we want to reach. Have you been saved? I've been saved. And I want to worship Him and celebrate Him. We have freedom in America. But the purpose of the church is what? If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. The Son of God has power to liberate men and deliver men, women, and boys and girls out of the bondage of sin. What is more important? National freedom and national pride or spiritual freedom? That your soul is free from the depths of death, hell, and sin. I submit to you that spiritual freedom is much more important. And it's not the freedom from the bondage that comes from a dictator government. It's not the freedom that comes from the bondage of a communist regime or socialism or Stalinism or fascism. Praise God, we were born here and can live here. But there are many Christians that are persecuted all over the globe that don't have the freedom that Americans have. And culturally, our churches have turned into entertainment centers. They're more excited about make-believe. They're more excited about creating some type of entertainment than they are about preaching the Word of God. This is why they stay away from sin. This is why they, why they stay away from the tough topics. Who has made us free from sin? The Bible says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made us me free from the law of sin and death. You ever stick up for somebody? 
young people, do you ever have somebody pick on your brother or your sister? Yeah. And, and you're going to go stick up for them. Yeah, we've all done that at one point, right? And then the next point, you're beating up the one that you just stuck up for, right? <laughs> we do that. We do that. I was the oldest of, well, I still am the oldest of six. And, you know, I'd come to my brother's rescue. And then two days later, I'm, you know, fighting with him in the backyard. We do those types of things, right? I'm thankful for all the soldiers who've stuck up for our freedoms and have died for our freedoms. But this morning, I want to talk to you about a soldier that's much greater than an American soldier. Christianity is, an, is not an American thing. I'm proud to be an American. I am. But it is not an American message. It's a message to the whole world. The whole world. This is why we support missionaries. Because we believe wholeheartedly in the Great Commission. That's a command to go out and preach Jesus Christ. I want to introduce you to Jesus Christ, the great soldier who died for our sins, bled on the cross to free us from the bondage of sin. I love my country just like you love our country. But this morning, I want you to really consider your love for God. John 3.16, the greatest verse from the standpoint of memorization. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I want to ask you a question. Do you pledge allegiance to your God? To your God. Do you love Him like He loves you? Do you feel indebted to serve Him? The, let's get Ephesians 6. Ephesians chapter 6, please. And as you're getting Ephesians chapter 6, you know, the Christian battle, it doesn't include a fight of flesh and blood. It's not a physical fight. It's not World War I. People physically died. World War II, the Vietnam War, Desert Storm, the Iraqi War. All these wars, men and women died. How many of you boys have been in a fight? All right, if you haven't, you need to go get in a fight. <laughs> Look, if you've been in a fight, if you've been in a tussle, and if you, by the way, if you have brothers and sisters, I'm sure you've been in a fight, right? Somebody gets hit in the head with a truck, a hot wheel truck, boom, next thing you know, the fight breaks out. We've all been in fights. There's a winner, there's a loser, sometimes there's a tie. That's a physical fight. Now, some of you are smiling, and, 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 and I'm making light of this as well. Isn't it kind of fun to fight sometimes? I mean, isn't it? <laughs> I know that it's not a good message to preach when parents are here with the kids, but there was a great thrill that I got as, as, as a young boy in torturing my younger brothers, <laughs> my younger sisters. And I'm sure some of you feel the same way, or you can 
go back and remember those days. Those are physical fights. Our battle as Christians is not physical. It is spiritual. The same type of enjoyment that you got from looking across the living room and seeing your little sister play and sneaking over and taking her favorite little toy so that you can play with it while she's not looking and then the whole thing blows up. You know how you get some enjoyment out of those situations? Let me ask you a question, seriously. How come we don't get the same enjoyment out of our spiritual battle that we're going to talk about right now? Because Ephesians chapter 6, watch what it says. It's a simple, familiar passage of Scripture. I know this is simple Christianity this morning. But the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. What's flesh and blood? Physical. But against principalities. These are the principal rulers. But this isn't physical. This is spiritual evil that you are up against. Young ladies, pay attention. You're up against a spiritual battle. Young boys, this is not a physical fight. This is a spiritual battle. Look what it says, against powers. We put a bunch of boys in a room. It's not going to be too long before they want to figure out who can do the most push-ups. Who's got the most power, right? It's not going to be too long before you give a bunch of boys a football before they're going to figure out who's going to tackle who the hardest. Who's got the power, man? Isn't that what we do? Power. Physical power. That's not this passage. We're talking about something Spiritual in nature, not physical. Spiritual power is what we are battling against. It's not, I can do more push-ups than that guy. Against rulers. Well, there, there, see, there it is. There's Obama. There's Pelosi. There's, you know, there's Trump, depending on what side of the... There's the Clintons. It's not political. That's physical. That's flesh and blood. That's real people. We're not talking about those types of powers. Against the rulers, what does the passage say? Of what? The rulers of what? The darkness of this world. Where do you live? On the earth or in the world? Both. We're on the earth. And you know what power rules this physical earth? The world system. I want you to stay with me because there's two things here. In our Christian battle, in our Christian life, there is always the physical and there is the spiritual. We have a physical earth that we live on. It's a real thing. <laughs> it's circle, just in case anyone... Okay, so it's, it's a... Physical earth. You know who rules it? God has relinquished control to the devil and it's a world system. 
It's that world system that wants to draw you in. That's why it says, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's the battle. And we find out in Ephesians 6 how we can win this battle. And it ain't by trying to out-tough the devil. But we have a world system that wants to draw you away from God. Let's go over to Matthew chapter number 4. The Christian life involves serving the great commander-in-chief. Matthew chapter 4, if you would get that please. And then get John chapter 19, and we will stay in John chapter 19. So get both, if you would, Matthew chapter 4 and John chapter 19. Matthew chapter 4, uh, we'll start there, verse number 10. So we're in Matthew 4, get your finger in John 19. But Matthew 4.10 says, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and Him only shalt thou serve. Well, that's great, preacher, if it's Sunday morning. But Monday, when you and I wake up, what or who are we serving? What or who are we serving? the room kind of gets quiet. Because we go through in our mind what our hearts is really connected to. That's a question between you and God. Are you that excited to be able to serve Him and get in the fight and fight this spiritual battle? John 19. John 19, verse 23. Here's our great soldier. Our great soldier was put on the cross by not so great soldiers. John 19, verse 23, the Bible says, Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier apart, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. Soldiers. Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross, right? Did that end who He was? It did not. The crucifixion did not end or destroy who Jesus Christ was. Verse number 30 in John 19, go and watch, watch what it says. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, He said, It is finished. And he bowed His head and He gave up the ghost by His own power. And I'm telling you this morning, nobody killed Jesus. He said it is finished. He decided to bow his head. He and only he gave up the ghost. Go ahead and try it. We'll all try that this afternoon. We'll just say it's finished. We'll bow our head and then we'll just kind of give up our ghost to God. Not a one of us could do it if we tried a million times over but not so with our Savior. 100% in control. 
He willingly gave up His life for you and for me. Earlier, He said, Thinkest thou that I cannot pray to my Father, and He shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? He said, Jesus, are you kidding me? I'd take everybody out. But that's not what He came to do. He didn't come to take everybody out. He came to die on that cross for you and for me. Praise His holy name. Did Jesus die on that cross? Yes and no. Yes, His body died. Yes, He died on the cross. Did it kill God? <laughs> Did God die? Of course not. Look, these critics don't have anything against the Bible. They can't outsmart Christianity or the Bible. His body died. His crucifixion did not end who he was at all. But isn't it interesting what we share in common here? All of our bodies will die. But why? Why? We're a trinity, right? Why do we always say body, soul, and spirit? Why is body always put first? Why don't we say soul first? Spirit and then body, put body last. Why do we spend all types of time taking care of our physical bodies? We go to the gym, we exercise, we take walks, we do all of these types of physical recreations because we're concerned with our physical bodies. I'm not saying don't do those things, and I'm not saying those things are sinful. But what I'm submitting this morning is, if the body's going to die, and our soul isn't going to die, how come we don't spend as much time on spiritual things? Young people, this world system wants you to focus on your physical body. It's all over the TV, it's all over the internet, it's all over the phones, it's all over the billboards, it's all over the media. Body, 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 body. God wants you concerned with spiritual more. Now watch what it says, because the crucifixion did not diminish the attributes of God, meaning His character, who, who God is. But watch what happens, and, and let's go back to verse 23 if you would with me. Uh, the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, look what they did. They took His garments. None of us will take any of our earthly possessions with us when we die. The Bible says, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we carry nothing out. You know, you can work your whole life, and you can have all of the world's possessions. The Bible says, for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? And there's the Lord. Hanging on the cross. He has no earthly possessions. The only thing he has is a set of garments. The Son of Man hath not nowhere to lay his own head when he walked through his earthly ministry. The Bible says, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. There it is. The Lord Jesus Christ. No earthly possessions. He only had a set of garments, and they took that from him. You and I can't take anything physical out of this world. Why are we so focused on new cars, new clothes, new houses, new this, new that? Look, I want to I upgrade the church. 
I want to make it look nice. I, want, I love the new flowers. I love the new what we're doing out here. We, we, we redid out in the back on the pavilion. I love all that. All that's physical. We need to do it. I love it. But it's not my primary concern. If this building were to burn down this morning, I'd be just as happy out in that pavilion with a bunch of people sitting on picnic tables and we're telling them about Jesus Christ, this spiritual soldier who can save anyone who comes to Him. Amen. I am not submitting that we get rid of the physical. At all. I am submitting to you to consider if you and I are way off balance. And we need to really consider the spiritual. We can't take anything in out of this world. And then the shame. The shame. I remember growing up as a little boy, and I won't stay here long, but I was teased quite a bit. I was made fun of a lot. And I remember the shame in that. I remember being laughed at on the bus. I remember being made fun of on recess. I remember being joked upon in class. I remember all that shame that I felt. If you've ever been made fun of or embarrassed, you know how that feels. Christ is stripped of His garments. Do you know when sin entered into the world, you know what happened? A man and a woman were ashamed because they were naked. And there's a Savior. He's hanging naked on a tree for you. Not because you're good, not because you're holy, not because you're righteous, but because He's the Holy One. Because He's the righteous Lord. And because He is the Holy One of Israel. He suffered the shame and endured the cross for you and for me. And I want to close with this. Don't be ashamed of your Savior. Don't be ashamed of Jesus Christ. We get involved in all types of things and we're not ashamed of them. Boys, you might play a sport or you might get involved in music lessons or you might have a circle of friends and you'll rally around that thing. Girls, you can get involved in music lessons and have friends and get involved in physical activity and you won't be ashamed of that. You know how many people go to sporting events and they, yeah, they call them fanatics. But for some reason, if you were to be on fire for the Lord, that's not right. That's not okay with this world, is it? Young people, I want you to pay attention to me before we close out. I want you to pay attention very closely. The thing that will get you away from God is when you stand up for Jesus and the kids laugh at you. And because you want to fit in, you're going to go with the group. And I'm submitting to you this morning, don't do that. There's plenty of older women and plenty of older men that you can talk to that'll help you be able to stand. And there Jesus Christ is on the cross, 
It, they made a shame of him. It became a mockery for you and for me. Don't be afraid to be shamed or mocked or ridiculed or persecuted. I know that's a foreign word to us as Americans. But try to do what we can do here in China. <laughs> Go to North Korea and see how it goes if you stand on the street and hold a scripture sign that says you must be born again. See how that plays out. We have become, I don't mean we, meaning us immediately in this room, as Americans, we have become spoiled and fat on sin. I don't want to be a church like that. I don't want to be a Christian like that. I want us to be fat on fighting the spiritual battle for Jesus Christ. Let's not be ashamed of who He is and let's follow our great commander in the Great Commission and let's serve Him and Him alone. Would you bow in prayer, please? Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You, Lord, for all that You've done for us. Thank You, Lord, that You paid the price for us and died on the cross. And Lord, we do ask Your blessing over all those that were able to meet with us this morning. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.